Product owner. What exactly is the product owner and who is the product owner? These are just a few of the things we're going to be talking about today. We've got product owner training coming up. It's at projectmanagementdoctor.com forward slash product owner. But today we're going to prep you for that training and make sure that when you come in, you actually do understand what the product owner does. So the product owner is a role that is rather specific to Scrum, even though some other frameworks may use a product owner role, but this is really from Scrum. As you can see on the screen, in the world of Scrum, we have three roles, the product owner, the Scrum master, and the team. We have five ceremonies, and we have three artifacts. To learn more about this, I would advise that you look for the videos on the channel where you can learn a little bit more about Scrum. But we're diving straight into the product owner role. We have the Scrum master, who is more like the servant leader and the coach for the team. And we also have the team, which are the developers. But let's zero into the product owner. The product owner is part of the Scrum team. The product owner determines the product vision. The product owner acts as the customer or the user representative. The product owner is responsible for a number of things for identifying and prioritizing the product backlog, for identifying acceptance criteria for items on the backlog, and working closely with the team to clarify items on the backlog if needed. So I want you to think about it for a quick second. This product owner role is such an important role. In fact, we would refer to the product owner role as a leadership role, and it's not just a leadership role in the sense of being a servant leader. It's a leadership role in the sense of being a business leader. Now, if you are a product owner, you may see yourself this way, and it's the right way to see yourself as a chief value officer, as someone who could be placed in the C-suite and is responsible for the understanding of business, understanding of what value means to the customer, and an understanding of what we mean when we say return on investment. There are so many things that the product owner needs to be able to do and needs to know. And I'm going to cover some of these right now. Let's jump straight into the topic of stories, user stories and understanding user stories and what they are. First of all, the product owner should work with the stakeholders right off the bat to frame the way forward at a high level. So I'm talking more about the product roadmap. The product roadmap should be something that the product owner works with the customer and the stakeholder on to frame what will happen downstream in terms of releases, which features may be in which release and things such as that. Another big task for the product owner is to understand the business, to understand that specific business case. What exactly does the customer want? Why does the customer want what they say they want? And boiling it down to the product backlog, the product owner should be very conversant with what is in the backlog because that's the product owner's baby, the product backlog. Knowing the product backlog backwards and forwards, understanding the product at that high level, and being able to explain to the granular levels of detail what exactly the business case is behind any of the components, epic, the feature, and even down to the story level. So when we talk about the specific stories that are on the product backlog, of course, the product owner should understand the stories, understand the roles that are in the stories, 
the goal, and the benefit. Also, the product owner should understand the acceptance criteria for each of those stories. So being a product owner is a huge job. Taking care of the product backlog, understanding the stories to the point that the product owner can, with the help of the team, prioritize the backlog is a big deal. And then getting into the sprint itself, being able to select with the team the appropriate items to understand what should be done in the sprint, to understand the sprint goal. It's a huge deal. So again, it's not for anyone who is faint in heart or anyone who is weak or thinking, oh, how can I do this? Or do I have enough clout to face senior management? No, your mindset needs to be one of management in the boardroom because you will face those folks in the boardroom. They will challenge you. In fact, the product owner sometimes might find him or herself being pushed almost to the extreme of needing to fight back to say, nope, this is my backlog and I have the responsibility and accountability for it. So you cannot tell me what needs to be put in it. Now, if the product owner has played cards correctly, it shouldn't get to this because the product owner should be an ally of the stakeholders and the customer, right? But you do get the occasional person, the occasional fellow or lady who may want to push you to the extreme and make you feel like you don't know what you're doing as the product owner. If you have allowed them to, they'll push you. They'll jerk you around. And that's why you need to be a leader. You need to be respected. You need to have influence. You need to have an understanding of what you're doing, really good understanding of what you're doing. Now, I talk about this in a previous video where I actually read to you from the Scrum Guide. And I am going to read to you from the Scrum Guide so that you can see what Ken and Jeff have as their perspective of what the product owner should do, who the product owner is. And right here it says, the product owner is accountable. Think of that word, belly button accountability. The product owner is accountable. That's a big word. For maximizing the value, that's also a big task. Maximizing the value of the product resulting from the work of the Scrum team. How this is done may vary widely across organizations, Scrum teams, and individuals. Still on the product owner, the product owner is accountable for effective product backlog management, which includes developing and explicitly communicating the product goal creating and clearly communicating product backlog items, ordering product backlog items, ensuring that the product backlog is transparent, visible, and understood. The product owner may do the above work or may delegate the responsibility to others. But watch this. Regardless, the product owner remains accountable. <laughs> that could be a scary word if you don't have your wits about you, right? For product owners to succeed, the entire organization must not should, but it's a must, must respect their decision. Think about that. The product owner needs to be someone with clout. These decisions are visible in the content and ordering of the product backlog and through the inspectable increment at the sprint review. The product owner role is not for lightweights. I know it's a lightweight framework, but this is not for lightweights. The product owner is one person, not a committee. The product owner may represent the needs of many stakeholders in the product backlog. Those wanting to change the product backlog can do so by trying to convince the product owner. So why am I reading all of this to you? Why am I exposing you to all of this before the training? The reason is, my friends, I want you to really understand 
that the product owner role is a leadership role. It's one of leadership through and through. And I really want to prepare you for this training. I don't want you to come in unprepared. So we're going to read a number of documents. We're going to go through a number of items. I've got certain books that I want to expose you to. But we're going to talk about the product owner role from the perspective of Ken Schwaber. So we're going to use some information from Ken. I've got Ken's book here, Agile Project Management with Scrum. We're going to take some of that information and understand it. And we're also going to understand some of the information in this book by Mike Cohen. It's Succeeding with Agile. Okay, So we're going to go a little bit deeper into uh, the world of the product owner. I'm actually going to get you into some of the things the product owner should be doing through the lens of the professional scrum product owner role, right? The professional scrum product owner certification. So let's dive into a little bit more regarding what the product owner should be doing with the team and the enormity of this of this position, this role. All right, so let's jump straight in here. And as I'm going through the content, I will uh, put them up on the screen so that you can uh, follow along and know where I am. So right here, first thing we're going to talk about is the concept that we know as self-organizing teams. Okay. What do we mean when we say a self-organizing team? By self-organizing team, we're talking about a team that organizes itself, manages the affairs that pertain to the team. A fundamental foundational element to scrum, cross-functional self-managing and empower teams are the engine to delivering value. See that? Practitioners need to understand what self-management is and how to apply it to their context. They should also understand how to incrementally introduce self-management, the practices that help it thrive. When it comes to facilitation, we should also understand and appreciate that as scrum masters and as product owners as well. So this concept of facilitation We should also understand this concept. Now, the facilitation aspect of being a product owner means you're working with the team, and in some instances, you've got to be very strong in facilitating, whether it is in developing the roadmap, whether it is in terms of refining the stories, you need to have those qualities as well. Also, the qualities of being a servant leader. There are many different leadership styles and approaches, okay? But the one we subscribe to the most in the world of Scrum is servant leadership. So we have command and control mechanisms that people use often. We want to lose those. That's not going to be our MO. So even though the product owner is a very respected role, we are going to drop any of those characteristics that so much has even raised their head in our profile. We don't want that at all. We want to come across as being servant leader, someone who is working with a team. The team, even though you are on the team as a servant leader, the team is not your servant, right? The team is 
your peer, you're working with a team and you need to see them as that if you're a product owner. Uh, when it comes to coaching and mentoring, a lot of the coaching and mentoring is going to be done by the Scrum Master, but in many instances, the product owner may find him or herself needing to be in that role of coaching, maybe even being one of a mentor to help coach, mentor, and guide the team into understanding the stories they're working on, how these add value to the business. And a lot of times it's going to be give and take. It's going to be back and forth, give and take. A huge thing in the role of the product owner is being a customer representative. This is huge. Now, we often call the product owner the mouthpiece for the customer because that's what they are. So they need to focus on understanding the customer's problem. A product owner that does not understand the business case, the why behind the project, why are we doing what we're doing, what are the pain points of the customer, that's a problem. That's a big problem because the product owner should be the customer's mouthpiece. Not fighting against the customer, but fighting with the customer for the customer's best interest. Not in a way that threatens the team or is bad for the team, but in a way that complements the customer. Because a customer isn't there with the team 24-7, right? It's the product owner that has the ability to explain more. So the product owner must get into the mindset of the customer, place themselves in the customer's world, understand their needs, and be obsessed with the value component. Right, delivering value by connecting product features to customer outcomes. All right, and all of this great stuff I'm sharing with you is all from the great mind of Ken Schwaber. I always tell people, people ask me, what should I do now that I'm certified? I tell them, go to Ken's site, go study, go get a PSM, go get the PSPO, get the PAL, get, get a bunch of things from there because in so doing, you'll test your understanding and you'll beef up your prowess. All right, the next one that Ken talks about on his site is being a visionary. The product owner should be a visionary, someone who is a champion, someone who champions the future state, the possibilities, the goals and the chances on the project, someone who is able to communicate the product vision with confidence and with clarity, someone who understands strategy. You see, this is a true leadership role. I know we talk about servant leadership and everyone can wear the servant leader mantle, but this is also a business leader mantle, right? Understanding value, understanding the pricing models of a product. So assume you're a product owner, you work in a company and the CEO wants a new product that is able to compete in the marketplace. You got to understand the vision that's being cast to you and you need to be able to cast the vision, recast the vision back to the team. So understanding what exactly you're working on, the pricing models you're working on is so important. And you know, in the years that we've been training and coaching companies, when we have a very strong product owner, the team is so confident and does great things. But on the flip side, we've also seen product owners who are unaware of what their job really is or who are weak. And unfortunately, in those instances, the team suffers. So the product owner should know What exactly are we building? What are we doing? Which space are we competing in? Which types of spaces could we possibly be competing in? These are the things the product owner needs to know. So this is not like your 
not saying this in a bad way, but it's not like the average position in project management where you are exempt from knowing the business. You know, a lot of times it'll be like, no, you don't need to understand that much about the business. Just run the project. No. In this instance, you so need to know the business really well. You need to be a champion, a great communicator, and someone who knows the connection points backwards and forwards. All right, still moving on here. Let's talk about this word. Experimenter. So what does Ken mean by experimenter? By experimenter, we're talking about focusing on innovation through experiments, through tests, through learning, through data and validation of value. You know, we talk about empiricism in the world of Scrum. Well, this is where we understand that in order to get to where we're going, we're going to have some trials and errors. We're going to have experiments. We call them spikes. We're going to have some prototypes. We're going to have the MVP. Sometimes the MVP tells you this is not what the customer wants. So things like the minimum viable product and understanding the concept of that, understanding the minimum functionality you would give to a customer to get feedback, understanding the MMF, the minimum marketable feature for you to even begin selling that feature in a product, and the minimum marketable product, which is the initial set of features that you would introduce into the market, understanding those terms, MVP, MMF, MMP, and PSI, understanding the concept of increments, and the understanding of aggregate increments being the release. All of this is so important for you as the product owner. So when we talk about being the experimenter, we're talking about focusing on that innovation through experiments, right? data and validation of value, and understanding the product owner's role in a scaled environment. Whether you're scaling up, whether you are trying to just focus on one tiny product, understanding that is very important. Now, when we talk about scaling of the product owner's role, there's a rather interesting understanding that Mike Cohn explains in his book, and it's the understanding of the economies of scale of the scrum master versus the product owner's time over a time period. So, think about it like this. On a continuum of time, Okay, if we go ahead and plot the concept of time versus time needed, in other words, time needed for you to be whatever you are in the world of Scrum, whether you are the product owner or the Scrum master, right? This is time needed. Now think about it like this. You've got the Scrum master and the time needed in the beginning is quite significant. Why? Because a scrum master is coaching, mentoring, helping the team understand how well to implement scrum, the rules of the game, all that kind of stuff. And that takes time. But as time goes on, the team is going to get better. They're going to begin to understand more and more about the rules of the game. They're going to be able to do things on their own, facilitate on their own. They're going to need less and less of the Scrum Master's time if the Scrum Master is truly doing a great job over time. And you know what's going to happen? There's going to be a tapering off, and that time of the Scrum Master is going to be lessened. And then it becomes stable. And that's why a Scrum Master, in some instances, overdoing, uh, after doing this over the span of years, over the passage of time, can now take on more than one Scrum team. Now... 
On the flip side, the product owner, not so much. In the world of the product owner, what we see happening instead is over a period of time, the product owner's attention becomes more and more. Because as the team is getting better, they're able to respond quicker. They're getting stuff done quicker. They have more questions, deeper questions about what they're doing. So we see the product owner and the time needed on the project or the time needed on the product or the endeavor, whatever is being worked on, we find this being an inverse relationship in the words of Mike Cohn. In the world of Mike Cohn, Mike Cohn says, just as a product owner should only work, work only with one team, each team should work only with one product owner. Your product owner, find someone who can make the hard call and designate one product owner for the team and encourage that person to solicit all sorts of helpful input and feedback from those who could have been the product owner. So, the main idea here, my friends, is that the role of the product owner is a big role. It's not a cakewalk role. It's not going to be easy. It's not like, oh, just dump on the team. No, the product owner needs to know a lot of stuff and do a lot of things. Okay, so we've talked about being a visionary and being an experimenter. Now let's talk about making the hard decisions. What else should the product owner be able to do? Make the hard decisions. Being a decision maker, right? Back in the day, you know, way back in the day of Scrum, before things became hot and heavy in the world of various movements, they would refer to the product owner as the single ringable neck. Not a very good one, I know. But it makes you have a double take and say, wow, so the product owner is really, really accountable? Yes, the product owner is really, really accountable. And I know that sounds like a carrot and sticks thing, and that's why you don't hear it used very much anymore. But when it comes to being a decision maker, the product owner should focus on making better decisions, navigate conflicting customer feedback. The product owner should also be ready to show great collaboration skills. Being a great collaborator, someone who could be a bridge builder and someone who seeks collaboration with stakeholders across the board along with the Scrum team. Someone who is able to work beyond the Scrum team. When we talk about various aspects of project management in the traditional project management world, we talk about things such as contracts. And the question is typically who gets involved in that? Uh, we also talk about financing, right? This whole concept of finance and uh, the concept of budgets okay? and governance. All of these are not bad words. These are words that we find being used by Ken Schwaber as a prep for people in the PSPO. So these are not bad words. Being a collaborator, the concept of, of contracts and governance, these are all things that you should be aware of as a product owner. So they're not bad, okay? These are things that we will talk about in the training coming up, okay? So I want you to begin to put on that product owner hat and begin to think about these. Another one we hear a lot 
<laughs> on social media. This is not social media. This is this is real world stuff. We talk about being an influencer, right? My mentor John Maxwell, he would say the true measure of leadership is influence, nothing more, nothing less. So the influencer in the product owner is one who is meant to lead stakeholders, lead customers, lead the scrum team to move in the right direction and to change their minds when necessary. Someone who understands what stakeholder management is all about, or to use a softer word, a stakeholder engagement strategy is all about. How do we engage the stakeholders as the product owner? How do we know when to push and when to back off? How do we know when to challenge the status quo in the best interest of the organization? These are all things that a product owner should be able to do. So experienced product owners, they understand the different stances that the product owner needs to take in order to navigate challenges. So we use the word being a navigator, right? Being able to navigate the terrain, very important. So in the training that we have coming up, we want you to come in ready to learn the tactical mannerisms, right? Tactical mannerisms and behaviors of the product owner. Because what we're going to do on Saturday when we meet is show you a specific framework. It's a very peculiar set of tools that the product owner could use to influence. That's really what this is about. Showing you how to influence as a product owner using the tools of the trade, best and good practices to be able to do that. That is really what Roy, my buddy, and I are going to be showing you on Saturday. So if you haven't gone to the website, just go on down to praiseon.com. It's P-R-A-I-Z-I-O-N.com. Okay, praiseon.com. And when you go there, just look for product owner training. And you're going to find a link where you can sign up right away. Highly advise that you do that. You know, sign up before the class gets crazy, before it gets full. And we're going to blow this up into a very clear picture for you so that you truly understand what the product owner does. Now, I, I often talk about Ken and Jeff quite a lot. And you might have not checked out Jeff's website, but it's scrumming.com. And I, I want to talk about his definition of the product owner. He gives an overview of the product owner. So we're going to read what Jeff says about the product owner here. All right, let's take a look. All right, and it reads, the product owner must know the business case. You see, that is a must. In other words, it's non-negotiable. It's something you absolutely must do. The product owner must know the business case for the product and what features the customers want. See, we're now getting into the nitty-gritty. He must be able to or she must be able to consult with the team to make sure they are correctly implementing the product vision. Most importantly, the product owner must have the authority. See that? The authority to make all decisions necessary to complete the project. 
the product owner is responsible for maximizing return on investment, ROI, by identifying product features, translating these into a prioritized list, a backlog, deciding which should be at the top of the list for the next sprint, and continually reprioritizing and refining the list, refining the backlog. The product owner is responsible for the product vision, the business plan, and the revenue or cost savings generated by the business plan. You see, it's a big task. So anyone thinking the product owner is just any old role that, you know, is just a, a draconian ruler telling people what to do? No. This is a, a huge responsibility from a business leader perspective and from a servant leader perspective. This person spends half of their time working with customers and stakeholders and the other half working with the team implementing the product backlog. So we have competing almost, but it doesn't have to be. See, a skilled product owner knows these are not going to be competing. They're going to be complementary because there's going to be balance. And when we talk about the scrum master and the product owner, sometimes we see some dissonance in those roles because the product owner wants stuff that the customers want and yet the scrum master is trying to shield the team and protect the team and doesn't want the product owner to go overboard, you know, with asking the, the team to do the impossible. But let's take a quick read. I want to read some more of this, this mindset stuff for you, the attributes of a good product owner. And again, this is from Mike Cohn's book, Great Mind in the World of Scrum. If you haven't checked out Mike's book, Succeeding with Agile, I highly recommend it. Highly recommend his site. You know, great guy, very generous, always giving. And that's Mountain Goat. Just Google Mountain Goat and you'll be able to find uh, Mike's stuff on there. But I want to read from this book really quick. He, he says, attributes of a product owner. As when describing what to look for in selecting or hiring a good scrum master, here's a list that he has on five must-have traits for a product owner. So this is an opportunity for you to ask yourself, hmm... How well do I stack up against these if you're already in the product owner role? One, available. If you've ever worked with a scrum team that has an unavailable product owner, what a misery for the poor team. They always have questions. No one's getting back to them. It's by far the most frequent complaint that you hear from teams, says Mike. Business savvy. As I said, you've got to know the business, right? It is essential that the product owner understand the business as the decision maker regarding what is in or out of the product. The product owner must have a deep understanding of the business, market conditions, customers, and users. Usually, this type of understanding is built over years of working in the domain, perhaps as a past user of the type of product being developed. This is why many successful product owners come from product manager marketing or business analyst roles. You've got to know the business and you've got to like knowing the business. The next one is communicative. Product owners must be good communicators. You think about it. Communicating with stakeholders, with the customer, with the team. You've got to be as crystal clear as possible in your communications. Mike says a good product owner must also listen to users, customers, and perhaps most importantly, the team. Especially as team members learn more about the product and market, as they should over time on a Scrum project, they'll be able to offer more valuable suggestions about the product. And of course, the product owner should be listening. Next one is decisive. We've talked about this, being a great decision maker, someone who understands the power of making decisions and the importance of including 
those who need to be included in decision-making, and when to make the decision for everyone else. That's just what product owners do. It says, another common complaint teams make about their product owners is lack of decisiveness. When team members go to the product owner with an issue, they want a resolution. Scrum puts a lot of pressure on teams to produce functionality as quickly as possible. Next one that we have here is empowered. A good product owner must be someone empowered with the authority to make decisions and one who is held accountable. All right. So a few things that he talks about. Scrum master, don't try to double as a product owner. Don't try to do that. And I'll just tell you from my own experience, it may not end well. It may not. So you got to be careful when you're trying to do things like that. But in the words of Mike, I'll read what Mike says about this. He says, in the vast majority of times I've seen this done, the results have been disappointing. Not only does combining these roles put a lot of power in one person's hands, but also creates confusion. A certain amount of tension should exist between the roles, like I mentioned earlier. But he goes further to say, so the combined Scrum Master product owner role can be successful. However, I expect that there are very few individuals who are good at both jobs. Two different skill sets. That's why you need to come learn the skill sets, learn the tools, learn the techniques that Roy is going to be presenting to you. I'm telling you, if you are a product owner today, you're going to find immense value from these tools because collaboration tools in this day and age, understanding how to use certain techniques, facilitation techniques, communication techniques is going to help. And I dare say a lot of what you're going to learn more than anything else is going to help you communicate. These are all communication devices. Okay. So if you haven't watched the video where Roy and I talk about uh, this course and what's coming up, um, highly encourage you to, because what we're going to be doing more than anything else is showing you how to communicate with the most important audience, the customer, the stakeholders, the end users, and the team. We'll also be showing you some of the tools that can help you in solving some of the problems that Mike talks about in this book, right? The product owner delegates decision-making, but then overrules the decision, or the product owner pushes the team too hard, or the product owner wants to cut quality. The product owner being in a different city. These are all problems that product owners face. And you know what? We know that you have questions to ask as well. If you truly need coaching for the product owner role, you're stumped, you got very little help from anyone else, you need to be in this training, okay? Because a lot of times, the product owners, they don't get the coaching they need. They just find themselves making it up as they go along. We don't want that to be the case. So if you're a product owner, you're looking for training, you're looking for coaching, you're looking for help, we encourage you to go on down to our website. It's praiseon.com. Like I said, the training starts next week on Saturday. You might just want to go and check out the dates that we've got available okay, on that particular uh, website. And um, this is going to be a rolling occurrence. It's not just going to be a one-time thing. But um, let me just show you over here really quickly. When you go on down to the Praiseon site, just scroll down. And look, you might find it in the top or the bottom panel, okay? So you got product owner coaching. It's going at a steal right now. I tell you, that price will not stay the same for long, okay? So if this is something that you're keen on doing, 
something that you're interested in, I encourage you, go on down to the Praiseon site and uh, sign up. And we're going to be going pretty hard in this product owner dialogue. Okay? Be there. And I look forward to seeing you with Roy nice and early. And of course, if you've got any questions, put them in the comments below. We've got a few questions from students asking, is this entry level? Is this, it's going to get pretty advanced. And that's the whole idea behind this video to prep you for it. Okay. This is a little primer so that when you're coming in, you know exactly what we expect. All right. You take care. Again, praiseyon.com. That's the website. And then when you click and go on down to product donor coaching, if you wanted to learn a little bit more, read a little bit more, just scroll down, read a little bit more about what we have uh, coming up. Okay. Thank you very much. And bye for now. Hello, my friends. We're here today with our buddy Roy, who you well know on this channel for training you all things agile. Well, Roy has got a really interesting course to train you on, and that is happening next week. Roy, what exactly are we going to be talking about? Something in agile product management, isn't it? You got it. Agile product management. So uh, here, first, let's talk about why we want to do this. If you, if you look online, if you go to courses, you look at these courses, primarily they're talking about the frameworks to make use of, the team mm -hmm. level kinds of things. Mm -hmm. Not a lot of activity that goes on higher than that, right? Or not a lot of training out there that talks about the stuff that gets into the team, how we feed the team work. So agile project product management is all about that. How do we organize our work? How do we get work prioritized properly and set up so the teams can effectively deliver? And if you don't do that, Phil, you know what happens if you don't prioritize work properly, <laughs> you're not getting a lot of stuff done, right? And we want to yeah. give that team the best opportunity to get work and deliver on time, right? Mm. So we need to think like a product owner. There are a lot of people getting certified, but they, they haven't really gotten their hands dirty, their feet wet as far as what product ownership really is the thought leadership behind product ownership. Yeah, absolutely. It's more than just working on a daily basis with the team. Obviously, that's important. There's, it's a leadership role, not leadership in title, but leadership in attributes and behaviors. Mm. And we want our product owner to be able to negotiate with our stakeholders, negotiate with our team, share the story. And there are processes along the way, but there's also behaviors along the way that we need mm. to encounter. Right? Absolutely. So, Roy, you've got this really great format it's almost a, a framework of sorts. It's not prescriptive, it's flexible, but why don't you just walk us through a quick couple of minutes to see what exactly this framework, very specific to you, um, could be like and what you're gonna be teaching in this training. Absolutely. So we, you know, now that everyone's remote, you know that we that we need to use tools, collaboration tools. And there's a bunch of tools out of out there on the in the in the world. I like to use Miro or Mural, depending on my clients. So what I've done here is I've, I've created a framework for the flow of how works gets initiated all the way to how work gets delivered. And I do this on a mirror board. And this is all for collaboration. These are all the things that you would do as a team and a product owner specifically in order to get work prioritized properly and set up for the team to be effective. We start out a little reminder of what product hierarchy looks like. We talk then about how to build a vision you always start out with defining the problem, you define the vision, what you're trying to achieve, who it impacts, start out at the beginning, and that way you define success and what it's going to look like. From there, we talk about schedule, we do a road mapping session, and we mm. put things on a schedule because that's really important. 
But it's not just when are we going to get stuff done. It's also about those things that we could impact or how, how we can impact other things. The interactions as a system in your organization, not just do this work, right? From there, we talk about prioritization and understanding value and urgency. What does it mean to be valuable work? Um, we go through an exercise of, of prioritizing work. There are multiple exercises, right? And what you typically see in a lot of training is go to Moscow. Well, Moscow is <laughs> one way, right? That's one acronym that we can make you. So there's tons of others that quite honestly, I find more effective, right? Moscow is valuable. It works, but there are others that work out a lot better as well. We go, then we walk through sizing, estimating how we mm. get a basic idea of what this work is. Another thing that a lot of product owners don't think about is risk. Mm. Right. We need to make sure that we're managing risk and tracking the risk and actually doing something about it. And don't expect Agile to do it all for you because there's other stuff that goes on. And then we take it down to actually taking epics and break them down into smaller pieces, different techniques for how to split work and make them into user stories. And the rest is up to the team to go off and build the stuff. Right. Mm. So this is primarily focused on the process that a product owner and stakeholders and the team will go through together in order to get work properly prepared so the team can be successful. Mm, brilliant, Roy. Awesome stuff. So there's a lot that we learn in, in, in classrooms and that people learn when they're doing the uh, CSPO or PSPO, but they don't learn the intricacies and the mindset that goes deep into how you actually do this. You know, the vision casting, the tactical you know, behaviors that you would exhibit in the, in the boardroom or wherever you are when you're working with, with teams. But we're going to learn all of that, it seems. Absolutely. From beginning to end, <laughs> how do you make your teams effective? Absolutely awesome. So if you are interested in this, highly advise you that you go on down to the link. We're going to put a link in this video below. And we look forward to seeing you because Agile has gone the bad rap. You know, people just think it's cowboy stuff. They don't know the huge amount of planning that happens at every level at the strategy level the daily level they don't they don't recognize that but by the time we're done with this it'll be very obvious that the planning that we do in the world of agile is probably even more than we do in many respects in predictive projects right Roy? Exactly. And, and there's a lot of structure that we want to put in place, but not heavyweight. You know, it's a very lightweight framework. I, I like to call it organized chaos, <laughs> right? It's managed, it's organized, but chaos is good for creativity. So we need to have a little bit of that in there as well. But it's not cowboy, not in any way. So it's structured and disciplined. And we, we follow good practices to get us to good quality engineering stuff. Lovely stuff. Thank you, Roy. So if you're keen on doing this, going down to projectmanagementdoctor.com forward slash product owner and you'll be able to jump into this training that's a uh, projectmanagementdoctor.com forward slash product owner we look forward to seeing you there